Hey y'all, this is Daniel Kyrie. I play Darren Ritter on Chicago Fire, and you're listening to Meet Us at Molly's. Not gonna be all sunshine and roses, but I can promise it's gonna be a hell of a ride. Hey everyone, welcome to, I guess it's a special bonus episode of Meet Us at Molly's. Um, obviously the plan today was to bring you our recaps of episode 17, but there's a lot of stuff happening in the world right now. So we thought we would take a breather, give that to you on Monday. And in the meantime, we've got a special, I guess it's kind of an emergency interview. Uh, you guys know who I am. You guys know who Brian is. And you actually know who our special guest is. Um, he is the executive producer and showrunner of Chicago Fire. He might have also predicted the future with this year's crossover. Um, Derek Haas yeah. is here. Derek, thanks for joining us. You're welcome. Uh, glad to be here. It's Derek Haas, is how you pronounce my name, like, um, like class. That's how I tell people. Oh, my God. And, have I been uh, mispronouncing it this whole time? It's okay. It's okay. And <laughs> and I was going to tell you, it's Rick Eade for, uh, for okay. the showrunner of PD. Yeah. So now, you know, I just wanted to get some uh, truth going early on this uh, special podcast. Right. Well, well, thank you. I'm, I, I'm sorry. I've been mispronouncing <laughs> your name this whole time. It's okay. Everyone knows it. I know. So, um, yeah. And I mean, obviously, it's 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 a crazy, unprecedented time out there. Things are going nuts. And so we thought we would just kind of have you on to just kind of talk it out because some really crazy stuff is happening out there. So first and foremost, Derek, how are you doing? How's the family? Everybody's great. We're, you know, we're quarantined in. We're doing the social distancing where, you know, the schools all closed last Thursday, I think it was. Um, yeah. So we're one week into some homeschooling, and then they had uh, spring break after that. But we're trying to uh, keep our chin up and um, be safe and haven't really ventured out too much um, other than for a few essentials and keep the kids exercising. That's been the other thing we've been doing is doing a lot of walks around the neighborhood. And L.A. is a little, um, you know, it's a little on edge, I would say. Um, I feel bad for a lot of people that are you know, in the gig economy and the, you know, the restaurant business and all those things that, um, and the assistants and all of those uh, people that are going to be hurting for a while. So trying to be, you know, vigilant to their needs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Derek, one thing I'm curious off of that, like, are your kids old enough to where they're kind of doing their own independent learning? Are you having to play teacher for them while they're out? No, they're school they go to a school here um in los angeles where they were not you know fully prepared in terms of what ended up happening but they were ready to go to remote learning so they they had one week of school left before spring break and so they just went to the remote learning early um and so they started it on tuesday actually uh, and they've done it for three days, and then we're, I mean it's an experiment. We're going to see how it goes, yeah. but they they they've been complaining because they said it's more work than when they're actually at school. Oh, but, of um, it is. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, that's the plan right now. Yeah. So, and obviously, I mean, production was shut down what last week, um, and things kind of came to a screeching halt. And so, how how did you guys find out about the shutdown? Yeah. So. 
pretty much changed, you know, every 10 hours, I think, starting on Monday, people started thinking, oh, what's this going to end up being? You know, are we going to finish the season? Are we going to finish the episode we're currently on? Um, and so then Wednesday night, I remember, um, we, I mean, we were getting close to the end. So the writer's room was starting to dissipate anyway. And Wednesday night was the night, if I'm remembering right, when the Tom Hanks news happened and the NBA uh, with Rudy Gobert, my favorite team, um, <laughs> happened. And then Trump's, you know, uh, press conference that night, those three things all kind of happened at the same time and freaked everyone out uh, as it, as it should. And then, so then when I got to the office on Thursday, uh, the decision was made, we'll just finish the episode that we're on, um, which was going to be done on Friday anyway, uh, which was episode 20. And so, you know, we talked to the crew uh, and the cast and just was everybody cool with this going forward. We're not, you know, we want to pressure anyone. Um, and of course, you know, the Chicago fire casting crew is who I deal with. They're, they're super hardy. And, uh, I think there's that showbiz mentality of the show must go on. Um, mm-hmm. a lot of them didn't want to finish. Uh, they, a lot of them wanted to finish the season and we were just, you know, we got, we got the orders, um, from, uh, Comcast and Universal TV. Let's just finish at the uh, at this episode. So I was worried we weren't gonna get Friday's work in to finish it. You know, I wanted to make sure everybody was safe and would do their best work. And then uh, and then we ended up getting it all done. Right. And I know there's absolutely a lot of uncertainty. Nobody really knows how long this is gonna go on for, and like kind of what happens next. But like as best to your knowledge or like what you guys are thinking of, like will next season pick up? from like wherever you guys left off this season, like using whatever episodes and like outlines you guys had already written or will like you guys just keep the core storylines in place and then like rewrite new episodes for next season. Well, your guess is as good as mine at this point, but my, my hypothesis, if I had to guess right now, the, we had a good, we, we were building to a finale as we always do, but that finale, that building to the finale was going to start, 21 the one you know the one after the one we finished shooting and so you know it was going to be uh pretty much three big episodes ending on a cliffhanger as we usually do um and then so when that finished we were prepped on 21 uh and we had the outline and halfway through the um script of 22 and we had the board done for the finale which i I was going to write and so we I don't know what we're going to do when we get back. You know, I don't think we can shoot the script that we had for one as is because the world has changed, you know, by right. who knows, who knows what it's going to look like when we get um, back in, you know, if, if optimistically we get back and are shooting in July, well, the way people go to restaurants and the way people go to movie theaters and all those kind of things will change. And we'll want to have, we'll want to reflect that in the show that you're watching. Um, so I don't know if we'll if we'll amend what we have and keep those stories going. I honestly have no idea. We'll we'll make those decisions uh, once we start back if we start back in the room in June. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Derek, where were you during the 2007 writer strike? I was striking. I was on the picket lines. I was a uh, movie writer before I was a TV writer, and I had mm-hmm. written. Um, 
uh, Too Fast, Too Furious, and Catch That Kid was a kids movie that nobody saw. And then I had written um, 310 to Yuma, and then we were shoot. We had just finished shooting Wanted when uh, the strike happened, so they were in post production. They were they had just started editing, um, so we had to set all of that out. That was in. I think we started in October, November, I can't remember, but the whole editing process happened over the strike. And then when we came back in January, they showed us a cut of the movie and we had a chance to kind of give our notes and thoughts and all of that. And then they did do a few uh, weeks of reshoots and then the movie came out that next summer. So are there similarities between, you know, production just coming to a screeching halt between the the writer's strike and now? Are you seeing a lot of similarities? No, that that didn't come out of left field. That there was a, there was a three month sort of build up to the strike happening, and there was a lot of uh, companies were trying to get scripts done before um, the strike, so that they could shoot during the strike. You know that kind of thing. And there was a, there was certainly uncertainty on how long it was going to last. But this came out of nowhere uh, and happened so rapidly that nobody was prepared. Um, and, and with an uncertain future, you know, so nobody's, nobody was prepared for, um, this in terms of planning out, you know, oh, here's some, here are some options. Yeah. You usually travel over hiatus, Derek. Have any of your plans been impacted yet so far? Are you kind of still like waiting to see like what happens in the next few weeks, months, et cetera? As, As far as traveling or? Yeah. As far as traveling. Yeah, I was supposed to, I had three trips planned. Um, I was going to go to Dallas and see a concert that got canceled um, with my brother. We were going to meet there. He lives in Kansas City. Um, and then, so we canceled that. That was the first one to go. And then I had a second trip planned to Kansas City to see him and take the boys. And then we were going to go see my mom in Fort Worth. And then we were going to go, and then I was going to fly from there to Chicago for the finale. And the boys and Christy were going to come join me there. And we usually do, like, that's my longest trip to Chicago usually is the finale because I stay over the weekend. We usually have a wrap party and then we have the last week of shooting and then out of there. So all of those trips uh, got canceled. And then the only other one that um, caught us off guard was my wife and I had our 25th anniversary yesterday and we were going to go rent a hotel room in downtown Beverly Hills and, you know, fancy it up for a night. And, um, so we canceled that one also. So yeah, a lot of, a lot of impact. How about you guys? Um, well, nothing so far. Yeah. yeah. Nothing so far. We, we usually go to ATX festival every summer, um, which I know, Emily's been trying to convince you that you need to come and you do because it's the best. Um, But we're, yeah, we're, we're in a bit of a holding pattern right now. We're just kind of, I think the next wave of cancellations will probably reach out to June. So I think we're just kind of waiting about that right now. And how are you guys as far as uh, safety and healthy and all that stuff? Um, so far so good. I haven't been in my office since Monday. Um, so, you know, they, we've, we've gone to complete like working from home, um everything's good uh, otherwise um my mom is working retail right now which kind of unnerves me because i'm just waiting for them to close but i mean it, it's just yeah it's the challenge that we're just kind of all facing right now Brenna, you're good too right yeah i'm good and we're all good on my end just you know it's just right. a weird time like nobody knows what's going on it's just weird it's just a weird time to be alive yeah 
<laughs> I mean, my my thing is, and especially in Los Angeles, um, which is going to get hit harder than most. Um, it's just that idea that the you know I've been reading everything I can on um, the epidemiologists are writing, and and it's this idea of social distancing, which I completely agree with. I didn't like hugging anyway, so <laughs> Hollywood's a very huggy place. So I kind of feel like, all right, this is good. Keep, keep, uh, keep your hugs to yourself. And, um, uh, but we'll just keep six feet apart and, you know, you have to get out to the store and you gotta, um, you know, wave and be friendly and all of those kind of things. But I think the more people keep to themselves and we don't get the hospitals overrun, then we can figure out a way to manage our way through this until we get either treatments, um, or, you know, uh, eventually we're going to get a vaccine. I hope I do think there's a lot of hopeful news coming out about treatments that'll at least mitigate some of the symptoms and maybe keep people off of ventilators, uh, better. Um, and, uh, you know, those are the factors that didn't get factored in when they're putting the models together on what could happen in the U S but, you know, I'm an optimist, so I'm hoping we will do our part to keep people out of the hospitals and um and you know i miss sports i'm such a sports fan um <laughs> yeah so i'm w- looking forward to the return of those but you know yeah everything's uncertain right now just want everyone to stay healthy definitely yeah definitely yeah. so um yeah brenna go ahead oh no i'm sorry um Whatever. Okay. (laughs) Sorry. Um, So on a lighter note, we haven't talked to you since the three season renewal. So congratulations on that. That's fantastic. Thank you. Um, Thank you. That was very exciting news. Very exciting. Yes. Especially uh, something we talked about definitely was how New Amsterdam got a three season renewal, like maybe a month beforehand. And we were just like, hello, any day now. Yeah. Whenever's convenient for you. I do think there was more to be worked out on our end because Dick Wolf has, you know, so many shows and they're all through universal television. And so you gotta, you gotta do a lot more negotiating, um, just to get us that far. Um, so I was really excited. I, I knew about it a little bit ahead of time. I was hoping it would come together. Um, there's never any guarantees until the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed, but, um, I was very, very excited and our crew and cast were super excited. Yeah. So how did you find out then? Did Dick Wolf just kind of call you and be like, hey, by the way? No, you know, I, I, he, Dick's a gigantic LA Clippers fan and has courtside <laughs> seats. And every now and then you get the call, uh, Dick wants to, you know, invite you to a game. And the way he always does it is you meet up at the Palm um, to eat some steaks before you go over and watch the Clippers. So he had called me, I don't even remember what month it was now, and uh, said, uh, you know, I, I always say yes because I love going to basketball games. So uh, I met him up there, and before the drinks came, he said, well, I have some news. And so he let me know it was in the works. And then, uh, so then it was just a matter of waiting to, you know, for the contracts to get done. That's awesome. so great. Yeah. I'm curious, Derek, I know it's obviously, like we said, I mean, just so much is up in the air, but, like, how does the three-season renewal impact, like, how you start to plan for season nine and even just, like, future seasons beyond? I think it certainly frees us up from a storytelling standpoint where you don't have to cram um, ideas into, especially the second half of the season when you're thinking, well, we may not be going forward, you know, so you can plan some longer throws, as we call them. You can, mm-hmm. you can seed, seed some ideas that may, um, you know, you have a little more time 
to plan out. And certainly like the idea of cast members, uh, not cast members, but characters getting promoted or moving on to another phase of their career or whatever, those kind of things you can, you can think out longer, but we've always been pretty good about, um, the way we manage half seasons, which is we try to think thematically towards, you know, what is this half season going to be? Like, for instance, in season eight, we knew Otis was going to die in the first episode and we wanted to continue um, how everybody dealt with Otis's death over a longer period as opposed to we're going to get it done and get on with our new season. Um, so so I, I don't think that's going to change necessarily. I still think right. we'll think in in terms of half seasons and, and really like three episode arcs we do a lot of. A lot of times we have a one-episode story, but we have a three-episode arc, so we might kick off. You meet Violet in, you know, one episode, and then she's more pronounced in the next one, and then she's dating Gallo in the third one, you know, those kind of things. Great. And so, and thankfully, in terms of what's to come, we, we do have something happy to look forward to because we've got the Joe and Chloe wedding. And so we know that yes, just filmed. Right. Yes. And so were you in Chicago when that was filmed? I wasn't. This is one of my big regrets of this season is that I get, you know, I plan my trips generally around one, maybe one every four weeks, every five weeks um, that I'll be there. And it's usually for an episode I wrote, or if we have a new writer that's going out there, I'll go help them get oriented. Um, but, uh, but for this one, I had been there for the 17th episode, which just aired last night. And so then I was planning to go back for the finale Um which would have been this week or uh, next week. I think we start shooting. Um, so I hadn't been there for the, from 18, 19, 20. I, I didn't, I didn't go for any of that. So what's it like being on set for these big moments? And like, you know, it, it, do, do you know when you film them that they're going to be like iconic moments in Chicago fire history? <laughs> There's sometimes where, you know, it. So I just think of the, the Casey Dawson wedding, which was, such a blast and it was it was also our 100th episode so we just had this sense of you know what's the right word like just that it was going to be to me dramatic and but also you know beautiful and um so that day shooting i had tears in my eyes as we were watching it um come together and all the people in the court courtroom so yeah some, sometimes you do sometimes you don't I, I will say in season one when we were shooting uh, a coffin that small and the limo was going by and all of the uh, fire uh, department was assembled on the apron and they all saluted and the snow was coming down was one of those moments where you're like, okay, this is going to play all day long. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, something that you guys have been building up to for a little bit is the whole Sylvie and her mom storyline. And it honestly just feels like we're just waiting for the shoe to drop with her mom because like, it's been too easy so far. And I'm just curious, like in the few episodes that we have left, like what can we expect from that storyline? Well, it's going to continue. And it's funny because I read on Twitter, as you guys know, I like to um, <laughs> live tweet and see what people are saying as the shows are going and with Sylvie's mom everybody keeps saying oh she's up to something which makes me laugh because I'm like do we do that so much that people just think everybody that comes in has a scheme or <laughs> some sort of plan but for me this was a chance for Sylvie to see a 
part of her life that was a mystery to her and, you know, to bond with someone that she didn't ever think she would meet um, and uh, get to, you know, maybe see a part of her life that she didn't have. Um, so you're going to see more of that uh, as we continue forward with the storyline, but I don't want to give away any spoilers. No, 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 of course. <laughs> yeah. You know me, I don't like those spoilers. No, no. So um, I know Bryna briefly talked to you about this at one Chicago day, but the, with the entire season now in the rear view, I mean, unexpectedly so, but yes, but what's been your favorite part about the Gallo and Ritter friendship? Cause it's easily been one of our favorite parts of the season. I love that. Uh, Gina, are you coming to one Chicago if we have it next year? Um, as it was long great as meeting get, Bryna. Yeah. As long as we get invited. Yes, I will be there this time. <laughs> okay, great. Um, the Gallo Ritter happened organically as the best things on the show always do, which is we cast Alberto Resende. You have no idea when you cast someone, if they're going to fit in, if they're going to be, um, you know, absorbed into the cast as well, uh, as sometimes it happens. And so we just loved his audition and the way he read and the way he looked. And then you interview him and you think, okay, this guy's, you know, he's going to be a good fit. He, he feels like our kind of guy. Um, so all of that was as far as you can plan, but you don't know until you get, you know, get people around each other and um, see how they work out. But then as we started writing scenes with Gallo and Ritter, we just really enjoyed writing for them. And when actors deliver the lines the way you thought that they would and even make them better, then inevitably writers keep wanting to write for those characters. So we stumbled into this idea that we've got a couple of millennials in the firehouse and then you've got these kind of salty uh, dogs also. Um, and the idea that those could be around each other and there were things to write to started being fun. And so, you know, as you're planning out half a season and you're, you got, 10 characters or 12 characters that you're writing for um you start thinking oh who's good together who are good in scenes together who do you like and um even with guest stars you know like andy allo came on this year to play lieutenant seeger which a lot of fans don't like her uh around because they think she's messing with the um stellar ride of it all but we just loved andy and her performance and what she brought to the screen. So inevitably when we started writing more episodes, we thought, Oh, how can we bring Seager back? Uh, as you saw last night. Is it something similar, Derek, with like the mentorship storylines with like the Casey and Gallo and then like the Mount Herman Ritter stuff. Like, is it just something that kind of organically developed as well? And you were like, Oh, we like writing for this. Like, let's keep writing more of it. Yep. That's, that's definitely what ends up happening. You, we saw it with Chief and Kit this year, um, yeah. especially in the first half of the season. And just when you get to the cutting room and you watch these scenes come together and you realize, oh, man, this is really working, then, yes, you come back to the writer's room and you say, how can we get more of this or what else can we do um, to get more of this? And we, we've always considered ourselves as writers um, light on our feet is the way we um, say it, we're light on our feet, meaning, yes, we have planned out nine episodes, but guess what? If we really like something, let's, let's move, move some things around. Let's drop this storyline and add this storyline. So, um, we're not one of these like breaking bad where you have to plan out a full season in advance and, you know, uh, 
get what you get. We, um, we're, we're adaptable. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. And so, I mean, we know the season's not ending the way you planned, but looking back on the season right. as a whole, is there a storyline or an episode that you're particularly, particularly proud of? Oh, well, I, I, I'm very happy with the season. It couldn't have gone better. Uh, honestly, in eight seasons, it was my favorite in terms of acting, storytelling, uh, directing, all of those things that I just thought we were, the crew was just uh, flawless this year. Um, there's always one or two episodes that you wish were better, you know, um, but the my my big disappointment is that we're ending on the 20th episode because and i haven't seen it cut together yet we just you know obviously finished it on last week um but it's just not a season ending storyline it's i mean it's going to be a season ending storyline but it's not (laughs) as good as what it could have been um so that's disappointing as far as like things that i love i'm trying to think back on the episodes i mean some of the funny stuff always makes me laugh. The uh, when we all went to the other firehouse and uh, because we had bed bugs in our firehouse, oh, yeah. <laughs> I thought was a really good episode. And the character of Leone, who we had in the, we thought she was so funny when we did the women's lounge, but then we brought her back for the firehouse that we were going to, and then we brought her back last night. Those are the kind of little hidden gems that we, you know, we we like and. Um, I'm trying to think of what other things happened this year. Uh, obviously, the Otis dying one, the first episode, although it was traumatic and sad, I just thought the way Eamon played the last scene at his memorial with the reveal really got me. Um, and I thought it was so strong and really carried uh, through nine episodes. Uh, and then Dawson coming back in the ninth, which was just so uh, I'm grateful to Monica for wanting to do that and coming back and just, you know, picking right back up where she left off in terms of how she plays the character. That was really special. Um, and then obviously the infection one. I mean, I wish that it wasn't <laughs> uh, so uh, precious on what yeah. ended up happening, but it was a it was challenging. But what a great job our crew did on those three hours. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we were actually in Chicago that weekend when they were still filming the crossover. And that was pretty great to see like the parade thing. Like LaSalle was just completely closed off. That was pretty great. Yeah. I was there for the opening shot, the soldier field stuff. And that was probably the most extras we've ever had on a set. And that was really fun uh, day to be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, we covered last week's episode. We ranked our top ten favorite crossovers, and both of our lists. Infection was number one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I saw that. That was pretty amazing. It's mm-hmm. uh, what it, what did you call it? It's like um, bias towards the most recent one, but that yeah. was nice to hear. Yeah, although it's like recency, on recency bias. Yeah, and it's just mm-hmm. ironic now that all this is happening, but still, definitely our favorite crossover for sure. That's great. Yeah, I was integrated for sure. Yeah, no, I loved it. Um, we, of course, got a bunch of questions from our Twitter followers. Um, and Adam wanted to know, like, what episodes of Chicago Fire or other shows do you recommend binge watching for quarantine life? Oh, um, well, man, I wish the Peacock had already started. So you could I know. Just, uh, right? watch it. But you can't you can look at it on imdbtv.com. Uh, you have to watch commercials. But you can watch all the all the seasons up until this most current one, I think, or maybe it's through the first six. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
episodes that I particularly love, that 100th episode um, is a good one for, for binging. Um, if you watched the – my favorite episode of PD, I've talked about this before, that I wrote with Brant was um, the one where – it's in season two, um, and it's the one where Burgess and uh, Roman are trapped in this warehouse – uh, during a smuggling uh, thing. And it was just, we flipped the A story and the B story and gave Burgess and Roman the A story and gave um, uh, Sophia and Jesse and uh, Adam, uh, I'm sorry, Rizek, <laughs> uh, I'm naming characters and actors together. Uh, but we gave them the B story, which was a funny one, which was taser training. Uh, yes. And I just loved the way that that episode just played so well to me and was one of the highest rated episodes of that season. I loved it. I thought um, in particular, Marina just did an incredible job. Um, she basically had to memorize scenes like, like it was a play. Uh, we did long takes, no cutting. And um, she was amazing. Yeah, that's a great episode. That is, yeah, we covered that one. I think we, we kind of compared it to Burgess kind of like discovering her superhero powers so good yeah yeah and it opens you know the name of the episodes what do you do and mm-hmm. it opens with this guy at a diner and um and you know she, he's kind of hitting on her a little bit um yeah. and he mm-hmm. but it calls her he calls her on ordering the same thing every day and so the episode's about being stuck in a rut you know am i stuck in a rut just being um an officer and then by the end, he asks her, what do you do? And she just smiles at the end. You know, spoiler alert, she smiles at the end. <laughs> uh, and I just thought that was such a great arc um, for her in that, you know, one hour. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So yeah. Um, Allison F. wants to know if you are disappointed that you can't mess with our emotions in the finale like usual. And she definitely did not say mess. I'm uh, bitterly disappointed because it was going to be... <laughs> You guys are going to be cursing my name all summer, and now you don't get to. So, um, I mean, you can still curse my name, but not the way it was going to be. But, like, will we be cursing your name in the first, like, three episodes of season nine, or do you not know yet? I don't know. I really don't. I mean, <laughs> we like the story. I was talking to Andrea Newman and Michael Guveri are my head writers, and we've been on the same text chain for eight years. And uh, so we've been texting through all of this, and, you know, I was – talking about it do we do we pick up these three do we pick up the storyline or do we move it to the to the mid-season finale do we you know i'm just talking plot not even character stuff as much um and so it's all it's all up in the air gotcha um you kind of touched on this a little bit but allison g wanted to know like did you always intend to bring singer seeger back to partner with stella on girls on fire or did that develop after seeger being in early or storylines it was not planned until, and it was definitely planned once we came up with the Girls on Fire storyline, but it was not planned early in the season. It was after we saw Andy and how good she was. Then as we were breaking the story for Girls on Fire, um, we were like, oh, you know, wouldn't it be smart if she had to have a female officer? That way we could get Leone back. Uh, right. and, then, and then it'll end up being Seager. And I just thought it was funny that separates like i know a, i know a lieutenant who you know i know a female officer who's all those things and stella's like oh god the last person you would say <laughs> oh. 
Nice. Um, and so Allison G also wants to know if we might see any more storylines involving Bowden's role at the other firehouses in the district, because he is a battalion chief, right? Yeah, that was something we knew from the very beginning when we were first doing Chicago Fire and writing the pilot. We knew battalion chiefs work out of a house, but then they, they're in charge of like six or seven different houses. And then we just made the the decision from a creative standpoint well we can't we can't we, we this this story of of chicago fire is about the second shift at firehouse 51 mm-hmm. and so you know it's not it, it would be stepping outside of that of what we've sort of set up as the box of the show uh right. to, ha- to watch him go and see him interact now will we draw upon that if we need to sure but for us, we don't even see the other shifts at 51, you know, uh, Bowden. And, and technically, a battalion chief is, is one shift, you know, 24 on, 48 off. But when you get to the deputy district chief level, they're like 9 to 5, uh, Monday through Friday. So they, the deputy district chief, which we have Chikorotis play on the show. You saw him in last night's episode. Um, right. he, he wouldn't have any one shift that he's a part of. Interesting. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Did you guys ever consider like having Bowden have a different titles to fit your storyline, or was it always something you knew you wanted him to be battalion chief? Well, in the pilot, we actually had two chiefs working out of the house originally. Um, we had battalion chief, and then we had a deputy district chief that he answered to. Um, and we ended up cutting that part because it just seemed too confusing. We shot it. We, sh- we had a female deputy district chief in the house. And um, then, you know, as we were watching the pilot and you have to call down from what ends up probably 55 minutes to 41 minutes um, and you're looking at what things have to go, that was one of the early decisions we made is we're just going to lose this deputy district chief. So I think battalion chief fits our show. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's just interesting how, you know, you can, sometimes you got to like narrow your focus to be able to tell a story in X amount of time. So it's interesting. That's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, one of our Twitter followers, her username is insightfully sassy wants to know, does the program that Stella wants to create actually exist for young girls today? So we were reading about different programs around the world um, for these things. And yes, there are programs around the world. In fact, there's one, I think it's in, I want to say Japan or New Zealand, somewhere um, out in that direction uh, that we saw pictures from and we're like, Oh, let's do something like this. So that was the original inspiration. Um, Yes, they do exist. Good to know. Good to know. A lot of of the stories that we end up telling in a season are pulled from uh, articles from all over the world. And and that could be just a call or it could be a storyline. And it's and it's our spin on whatever is the story. We don't usually we'll just read a headline. You don't really want to get too into the details because you're not taking someone's, you know, life story and trying to fictionalize it. So we might just right. read a headline and say, or you might see a picture. Like I remember seeing a picture of a woman whose foot was caught in a revolving door. And we were like, Oh, that's, that's a call. Let's use that. Um, so I don't even know what the story was. I just saw that picture and said, okay, let's do that. <laughs> Interesting. 
Um, and so I know we've obviously been talking about this whole time, you know, about how like hard and unprecedented this time is. And we just want to know, like, do you have any words of encouragement or anything you'd like to share with like one Chicago fans? Yeah. Uh, one grateful and thank you for watching and being so passionate. And I cannot believe how many people are with us from day one, from day hundred, from uh, episode a hundred and, and keep getting on this train. And here we are, you know, eight seasons in and still have this base. And I, I, I would wish that, you know, cause I see all the, sometimes the Twitter battles that are happening and I, you know, I understand passion for the show. Um, but I wish, you know, people weren't so snarky or nasty to each other. Sometimes you can, you can like what you like and let other people like what they like. And it's not a betrayal of their, um, you know, love of the show too, you know? Um, but words of encouragement, I would just say, keep watching. We're going to, we're going to keep telling as many stories as we can, um, and keep growing these characters. And, you know, one thing that happens in the, a long running show that I wasn't prepared for was cast changes. You know, you just don't think about it when you start a show is that, Oh, okay. Somebody might, they may outgrow us or, um, you know, want, something different in their life or we might look at a you know the way a season's going and say okay we need to make a change or let's juice this here and um i'm grateful that i've worked with so many actors who are complete professionals and um understand that in a, a long-running show like this nothing's guaranteed and, um so you know and i i just don't want fans to gang up on actors who are just doing their jobs and doing the characters as they're written, you know? Um, so I, you know, I, I'm never going to be able to control that. People are passionate and they do what they want. I'm just saying sometimes it, 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 it hits people, you know, we're not, we're all human and we want, uh, we want you to be happy. Um, but I also, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm the hardest core. I'm not giving you what you want. (laughs) You're not always, you're not always going to get the the things as you want them it's funny listening to your podcast for so long the you know the your your guesses as to what are going to happen make me smile because sometimes they're right sometimes they're wrong um and it's always funny when they're wrong sometimes you guys are like well that didn't go the way i thought it was going to and i'm like well that's part part of the surprise Um, but uh no i i love our fans so much and the viewers so much and the uh enthusiasm that they have and uh, i love trying to keep it fresh and sent, doing little contests online and sending out uh you know uh gear and uh, uh scripts and all those kind of things that um i hope people enjoy i try to give you as much behind the scenes um and script little script shots that you guys um crave love those Yes, we love them. Good, good. Yes, yes. So, yeah, and I mean, if nobody says it before, thank you for doing the Q&As twice a week on Twitter. I mean, there's a lot once of showrunners out there. Once a week. Once, is once it once a week. week now? It used to be twice. Yeah, yeah Sundays. Um, yeah, Sundays. Shows you how long I've been, like, not stalking, but, like, following. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot of showrunners out there who just are not daring to put up with the Twitter universe right now and just be like, Oh my God, I'm just doing my job. Leave me alone. And so the fact that you're willing to willingly put yourself out there is something that we all really appreciate. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I've been doing that. I I was doing Twitter Q and A's before there was a Chicago fire 
it's just something I've done. You know, it started off with just writers who would follow me who, or people who wanted to be screenwriters, and I would answer script questions. I don't mind answering any questions, really, about um, script life, Hollywood life, and the shows obviously dominated since those all took off. Um, I don't mind answering questions about books or any of that stuff, too. But the, um, you know, people say that I'm, that I'm you know, devious or lie on there i don't i i i i they might be half true but i pretty <laughs> much say i i say what's you know i say the truth i just don't spoil stuff yeah yeah and, and that's, so, fair. that's yeah, fair yeah entirely fair yeah um okay so i have one last yeah. question i want to sneak in so derek Go i know you it, you wrote i know you wrote on fbi briefly 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 yeah, can you please like yeah can you say like a sentence or two that will convince Bryna to finally watch the show <laughs> I, I loved my time watching uh, when I was on it. I did basically it was about six episodes that Rick Eden and I got called in to help, and then Rick took it over fully. And I was I I was just like Dick, whatever you need from me, you you let me know because they were they were just having um, trouble getting scripts done in time for the show. And I'm pretty much a martinet in terms of when I've written the script, we're doing it. We're doing that script. We're not, this isn't now up to debate. Um, you know, the, the actors get the scripts in plenty of time to talk to me. But once we've got, you know, once we're starting prep, we're doing this. And so that was the mentality I brought there just to try to settle things down because I just, everything was in flux. I remembered what having a new show was like, which is when the character, the actors still don't know their characters all that well. So there's just so many things and flux and the two that i really worked on on that show if you want to start off brian i watching <laughs> um there was one that i forgot the name of it i think it was this land is our land which was like a kind of a branch davidian sort of waco ruby ridge um episode and that was the first one it was funny because when i did it with cbs who weren't used to i had never worked with them and i kind of made oa and uh What's the lead? Uh, Maggie. Uh, yeah, Maggie. I made Maggie in a way kind of um, acerbic towards each other in a fun way. Like they were just kind of giving each other um, the business, as we say. And uh, and CBS was like, oh, wait, no, we don't we do not do this. And I'm like, well, they do it now. Uh, <laughs> and uh, it was really fun. Um, they, have, they have a great fun banter in that episode. And then the second one that I did, um, and by the way, I didn't write them. I was just helping um, the writers uh, who wrote those. But the second one I did was the uh, one, again, I forget. I think it was called, like, the something, uh, oh, man, the shooter's agenda, the something. Anyway, it was, it was one where Maggie had to go undercover uh, at a, as a hotel manager because this there, there was these gun traders oh i had to go undercover as a as a gun trader and maggie was in a hotel and it was real action vibe to it um that was the other thing that i really wanted to bring was like just wall-to-wall action um so watch those two episodes it was i forget the name of that one but it's two it's two episodes after this this land is our land and that's those are the two i mainly mainly helped with i've been gotcha. trying to get brian to watch it for a while now and no dice so, well, this is the perfect time to. I mean, good I lord, there's nothing else going on. I know. All I have to do is binge all day. I will. I promise, Gina, well, before, I will check it out. <laughs> I all right, promise. cool. Before I you promise. guys go, though, you watched 
17 last night. I know you haven't started your um, podcast on that specifically, but I wrote that one. So what if you have anything questions-wise or uh, comments-wise, let me know. So let me think here. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, so we know why Seeger's back in the picture now. That's fine. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's fine. So, well, the fun thing on that story was so, um, I opened the episode, and if you watch, uh, very careful pay attentioners will know that I use the exact same scene that I opened a different episode of PD with, which is uh, that I did with um, uh, Sophia but Aaron Lindsay's character. She's at a um, convenience store and she was going to pass by a candy bar and then she grabs it. And I did the exact same opening with Kit. I just thought it would be fun to mirror those two personalities. Um, and so then she goes outside and sees this, uh, you know, these girls uh, slinging drugs and it gives her the idea to do girls on fire. Well, in writing that episode, I knew I had to have kid pitch girls on fire four different times. She pitches it to Bowden. She pitches it to the guy from PR. She pitches it to or community relations. She pitches it to Leone and then she pitches it to Seeger. And so I had to write it four different ways for her to pitch it. And then poor uh, uh, Miranda had to memorize those all shot on the same day. So she had to, <laughs> had to memorize all those different pitches and shoot them all separately. It was, it was fun. Uh, and she was awesome at it. That's awesome. That's um, awesome. That's so Brendan, go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, I just said that's such a cool tidbit. Like, I love the fact that you like took the PD scene, like opening scene and like in place or worked it into a fire. Like, I just think that's so cool. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little mirror. Maybe you can find the clips. Um, also, A plus on the Louis callbacks. That was that kind of was unexpected. Yeah, that one was. You know, as a we we had this storyline. Um, we had we had heard of a story. I did. I actually did no research. I just heard the headline of a story of a, a woman whose uh, son had been taken away from from uh, DCFS. Um, uh, who was in a wheelchair and I thought, okay, there's a story there, you know, and just, uh, I just extrapolated it from there. Um, just made it as, as they say on American Idol, I made it my own. Um, and so then when, uh, when we were doing that story and I knew DCFS was going to get mentioned, I was like, there's, I have to mention Louie, you know? And then, um, I just thought the audience who has been with us as long as they have would really like that. Yeah. And I mean, from from a representation standpoint, which I, I mean, you probably don't have much to say in the casting, but um, it's worth noting you did actually use a disabled actress. Rachel Minor has multiple sclerosis and she really is bound in a wheelchair. So that's always good to note. Um, you know, you always see that. Yeah. No, I I am in charge of the casting. Um, oh, okay. That's one of my jobs as showrunner. And so we have what's called a casting concept meeting before every uh, on the first day of prep. We do. The, the, they break the casting. Our casting directors break down all of the speaking roles, and then we do a we sit on the phone and we go over what are we looking for in this. And a lot of times we'll say, okay, you know, like if let's say it's the guy at the, um, uh, you know, who comes out and says there's a fire over there, we'll say, okay, open ethnicity, 40s, let's go for a real Chicago type, you know, that kind of thing, and then and then they'll decide. They'll, we cast this. I said to um, Jonathan Strauss in, um, in New York, I said, we have to have 
uh, a person who is, you know, um, disabled for this uh, or differently abled, I think is how we say it now, mm-hmm. um, differently abled for this role. And he said, no problem, we're going to get that. And then we were so lucky to get Rachel, who was incredible uh, in the part and was such an inspiration through the episode. Yeah. Brenna, if you're wondering where I know her from, the answer is definitely supernatural. Um, I saw your tweet. Yeah. I saw you tweet about it. That's why I already knew that answer to that oh, question. Okay. Right. <laughs> um, Derek, I do have one last question about last night's episode. In the Herman storyline, when he like wants his officer quarters and stuff, like yeah. do the other officers for other shifts, like do they have their own quarters or do Casey and Severide share their quarters with those other officers? They share their quarters with the other officers. I mean, that's, that's how what it I figured in the, but... real, in the real fire department. So you know how like you have um, you have like a footlocker basically. So they, they each have a each shift has its own footlocker for each office, and so you can pull out your own stuff. And you know that's a lot of times that's how they start the day. We don't we don't really like acknowledge that too much right. in the uh, show, but we've had this kind of ongoing. When you're looking for comedy storylines, you're looking for. What are, what are things that have been ongoing for this season? And we just thought the blue office has been funny for really for a couple of years. We've had this blue office that various characters, Gorsh took it over one season and, and, um, and then the ladies tried to make a women's lounge out of it. And people kept asking as a joke, you know, what about, um, in the writer's room, like, what about Herman? When's he going to get officer's quarters? And then I was like, okay, this will be hilarious. Why don't we have Herman? We've always had that little alcove between the two offices. And so we just thought, <laughs> would it be so funny if Herman thought, I'm just going to do it myself. I'm just going to shame them into giving me an office. And then it backfires because it's Herman. It's Herman. <laughs> yep. It's Herman. It's yeah. Herman. So that's so funny. And Chick Rodas, who plays Chief Walker on the scene, who always kind of comes in and drops the bomb whenever he has to. We had him in that scene when her, after the, you know, shower curtain caught on fire and, uh, Chick. Chick actually had a line we had to cut just for time because he was so good in the scene, but he, he said uh, in all my years in the fire service, this is the first time I've had a call inside the house. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. That's such a Herman thing to happen. Yeah, the Herman things, I know. So, um, I, I we keep saying one last question, but more things keep popping into our heads. Um, <laughs> I mean, maybe you can share this or maybe not, but is what what was the plan with Brett and Casey this season? Or are they just going to keep making hard eyes at each other and then we'll pick it up in season nine? Like, can you tease that at all? I can't. Okay. I can't share that one. No, it's fair. That one, let's, let's just keep seeing how it plays out. Okay. That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. So, um, well, yeah, I think that's about all we've got, unless there's any uh, last awesome. minute questions, Bryna, anything? No, I think that's all. Derek, thank you so much for doing this. We really appreciate it, as Thank always. You. Yes. Thank you guys so much. And uh, and to all the viewers out there, really keep your heads up and chins up. And I, I'm 100% an optimist and know that we're going to get through this and there'll be much more um, Chicago shows left and much more of your lives left um, to be happy about. And we'll all get through this if we uh, just be smart about it. Let's just all be smart. Yeah, for sure. And so, yeah. um, I mean, I think we all already know the answer to this, but tell everybody where we can find you on social media. I'm at Derek Hass on Twitter. I think that's me on Instagram, too. Um, maybe it's Derek Hass Writer on Instagram. Uh, that's pretty much the two I've been doing. I was on Facebook for a while, but 
that's kind of fallen off the wayside. That was more for family stuff anyway. Um, but yeah, reach out to me on Twitter or, uh, Instagram. I'm always, uh, and I do this, uh, as you alluded to earlier, every Sunday, there's no set time, but I do seven, do take seven questions. And I usually just kind of do it, pick through ones that haven't been answered in a while or, uh, you know, or germane to the current situation. Yeah. And friendly PSA listeners, we say this every time you come on, but we want to try and make your life easier. Derek is only in the writer's room for fire. Only fire. Yeah. Only fire. Yes. I get that. I get that a lot. I do not know at all what is happening on PD or uh, Med. I I watch the episodes when you watch them. I, I do not. The only time I know is if I have to call and say, hey, can we use Burgess for this episode or is she you know, trapped in a quarantine or something. Um, <laughs> that's the only time I know if somebody is available. Nice. Nice. Yeah. All right. Well, Derek, thank you so, so much for doing this. We'll pencil this in for next year, right? <laughs> yep. We'll do it again next year. And hopefully I'll see you guys at the one Chicago event uh, next fall. Yes, yes, for sure. So, all right. Thanks, awesome. Derek. Have a good night. Take Thanks, care, Derek. Bye. Bye. So as always, listeners, you know where to find us. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr. It's Meet Us at Molly's right across the board. Our inbox is always open. Meet us at Molly's at gmail.com. You guys can email us about anything at any time. It is a crazy time out there. So our inbox is open. Follow us individually on Twitter. I am at Gina Watches TV. Brenna? I am at Brenna K13. So again, you guys will hear our episode on Monday, uh, recapping episode 17. So everybody have a good weekend. Wash your hands. Stay home. Stay yeah. home. Um, Hallmark's doing a marathon of like all these Christmas movies to alleviate stress. So definitely check that out. Um, <laughs> I know. Just stay home. Practice social distancing. Get together with people virtually. I, You know, reach out. Check on your friends. Yeah. 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 Cannot encourage it enough. Yeah. Yeah. So um, everybody hang tight. Hang in there. And we will see you next week. Bye.